Welcome to the Whole Self Podcast, where we talk about various mental health topics with an emphasis on the body, mind, and spirit connection. Our goal is to empower our listeners with the knowledge and tools needed to embark on their own healing journey. A gentle reminder that this podcast is not a substitute for therapy, and we encourage you to seek out your own therapy if needed. Hi, welcome to Whole Self Podcast. I'm Sharon Wegman. And I'm Kate Byler. And today we're going to be going into part two of kids going back to school. And this particular one is going to be focusing on strategies for parents um, on helping their children with the anxiety and the transition of going back to school. In part one, we talked a lot about... um, what it looks like for children when they are um, dysregulated and anxious Mm -hmm. because it doesn't look like anxiety as adults. It looks like behaviors and physical symptoms. And so in this podcast, we are going to be talking about um, how to help our children through that process. Right. So if you want to understand your child more, listen to part one. And if you want to understand yourself more, listen to this one. Um, so just as a little uh, information, most people don't probably know as common knowledge. Anxiety is a release of cortisol and adrenaline when you can't feel the feelings about a certain event meaning when uh, i'm trying to think of a good example if something is to happen maybe we get some sad news but as adults we have to go to work right away and we can't feel that sadness we can't feel that grief we don't get that moment we're probably feeling pretty anxious our whole day at work because mm-hmm. that emotion is pent up inside of us and we kind of have to keep going. So that's that's what we want to portray is just so you know that's what your kids are kind of going through is anxiety. They don't have the feeling words to talk about school, so they're just feeling anxious. Right, and so they really don't have control over the cortisol and adrenaline released in their bodies, but we can help them mm-hmm. learn strategies about how to deal with it. And we already said they're not able to express it because they're too young for abstract thinking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we were young, we were never taught how to express those feelings or name them. So parents and friends back in the day, they didn't know how to handle it. But we can help you handle it. Yes. And I think it's, uh, you know, that's the blessing that counseling has been over the past (laughs) X amount of years that we can actually repair ourselves and now we can give this language to our kids yeah so in order for us to help our children walk through anxiety parents have to be able to be attuned to their own feelings and their feelings of their child so they can help their child process it because we were talking about in the last podcast it's difficult for parents to attune to a feeling that makes them feel uncomfortable Absolutely. So if anxiety is um, uncomfortable for an adult, it's very difficult to attune well to your child's anxiety. Mm -hmm. And as parents, we need to make sure we're working on our own stuff because we are the emotional regulators for our kids. So if our kids are bringing an emotion to us that we can't handle, we're not going to be able to regulate it for them well. 
And so, again, we kind of sound like a broken record, but you need to be able (laughs) to talk about your feelings and handle your kids' feelings well because as the parent, you are the one naming things for them. You are the one they are going to come to. You are supposed to be their safe space. They're not going to go to other people first. They're going to come to you. If you've created a safe environment to do so. But if you can't handle that emotion they're bringing up to you, you're just, you're you're going to uh, isolate them more from you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, we as adults have to be the person who helps them create emotional regulation. They themselves do not know how to calm down. Mm-hmm. So you, if you ever had this as an adult and somebody told you, calm down. That didn't help. Right. (laughs) But that's what parents often say to their child as opposed to helping them learn how to regulate, how to calm down. Yeah. And just just something to remember, you you can sit with their feeling, their negative feeling. And, And whenever we say negative feelings, it doesn't mean the feeling is bad to feel. It just means it's not always a fun feeling to feel, right? So negative feeling doesn't always feel fun to feel sad, doesn't always feel fun to feel anxious, but we should still feel those things. If you have a hard time sitting in the negative feelings, it's okay if that's uncomfortable for you. You don't have to like it. <laughs> no, I don't just, think any of us do. Right. You just have to be able to, to sit there with your kid and do it. It's it's not something, even as therapists, that we always enjoy doing. <laughs> it's just knowing that it, it needs to happen in order for attunement to happen between you and your child. Okay. So let's talk about what does attunement look like Mm -hmm. when we are engaging with our child in order to make them feel heard, which is part of their regulation. How do we attune with our child? Yeah, so we're going to start off with what you can do physically. And one of the main things you can definitely do is make eye contact with your kid. Yes. (laughs) Eye contact is super important in the bonding of infants to Mm -hmm. mothers and it is continues to be very important in all types of attunement yeah absolutely in husband and wife relationships in friend relationships Mm -hmm. and in caring for your middle school child right uh so making eye contact if that's hard for you work on that because your kid will definitely notice the difference um showing physical affection so hand holding giving them a snuggle hugs back rubs again you guys know your kids the best so whatever physical affection you know they respond to the most and feel comforted by like we always say do what already is working for you (laughs) right and again part of that um regulation comes Mm -hmm. from that contact physical contact of comfort Mm -hmm. Um, it's so important for us to do comforting behaviors Mm -hmm. so emotionally there's a lot we can do as well Um, we can validate their feelings and behaviors and that will sound like like it makes sense your stomach would hurt before school starting it's a big transition (laughs) right i understand why you're crying a lot lately makes sense to me right again makes sense to you it's important for you to do that so that they they even if it doesn't make sense to them they need it to make sense to you. Right. It's like when, if you've been in your own therapy session and your therapist can normalize a feeling for you, you're almost able to breathe for a minute like, oh, mm-hmm. it makes sense why I'm so, like, 
weepy right now. Thank you for telling me that, right? Yeah. If we, again, if we need this as adults, why wouldn't our kids need this? <laughs> exactly. Um, another phrase might be, going back to school is a big change. Mm-hmm. And that could cause us to feel big feelings mm-hmm. or any type of feeling. Right. And it's also, right, I think normalizing that it's okay that they might not like school it is (laughs) (laughs) like it's it's okay that they have friends that they like to see and it's also okay though that they equally don't like going to school (laughs) yeah it's okay you don't like yeah it's okay you don't like school that's normal however we need to learn how to read and write and (laughs) get along with other people right um so Part of what we're doing when we name these feelings in this validating way is we are helping them name or discuss what they're feeling. And they don't know to do that. No. But we know to do that. So it's just super important to be able to be naming it as we see it and validating as we see it. Right. And... We can name and create space and permission for them to feel by even naming the physical symptoms they're feeling and the emotional symptoms they're feeling, Mm -hmm. right? So not just isolating one from the other. Because if your kid has a stomach ache because they're feeling anxious, it's probably an actual stomach ache. And so being able to normalize that and validate that and create space for them to know that, hey, buddy, this is because you're probably worked up and... My stomach would hurt, too, like we said before. Yeah, or or sleep. Sleep is a big issue. You yeah. know, you are, you're out. You've got a lot of extra adrenaline in your body. I get it. That's why you're having trouble sleeping. Let's come up with some ways to calm your body down so mm-hmm. that when you lay down, you can go to sleep. Right. All right, so let's talk about some other interventions that can help your children cope with the anxiety of going back to school. Yeah, we're really big on structure and routine over here for anyone, (laughs) (laughs) no matter what age you are, (laughs) but especially kids as they're heading back to school. So we're, we're just saying create structure and routine that's, you know, you're not mimicking in the entire school day, but maybe a sleep time and a wake time and lunch, you know, kind of get them in that mode of... This is what your body's going to start getting into. Yeah. Right. So part of creating security for your children is familiar pa- people, places, um, situations, and routines. Mm-hmm. So routines are very important to create security for your children. Right. Um, we just said, like, sleep routines. Um, this was really hard when my kids were younger <laughs> because they were used to staying up really late. Mm-hmm. Now we're like, okay, we're going to switch that up. I like to switch it up at least the two weeks before school mm-hmm. that we're moving back towards having to do that. You have right. no control over that when you are when you have teenagers. That's okay. Let yeah. them experience their own natu- natural <laughs> yeah. logical consequences. You are not in charge of their emotions in the same way that you are a younger child. Right. And again, talk about feelings regularly. So helping them understand what we always say, like emotional math going on in their bodies. So if you see a bad, bad quote unquote behavior happening, Talk about it with them before resorting to maybe a discipline or punishment if you have that spidey sense that it is because of anxiety. Right. 
this is what you're feeling and this is probably, you know, what are you thinking? If you can put behavior and a feeling together or you can put a thought and a, a feeling together, you're teaching them to do emotional math at a very early age. Right. Uh, we already talked about we re recreate as much school structure as possible. Mm -hmm. um, create traditions like doing something fun on the first day of school. Mm-hmm. Um, not just on the last day of school. Right, or after the first week on Friday, get pizza or takeout or something that, you know, celebrates them. They got through their first week, <laughs> and you're with them through it. Um, just a practical, <laughs> practical intervention. Reduce some sugar intake. <laughs> and this is why sugar is a natural depressant. Yeah. And a nat natural anxiety provoker. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're not just saying don't do it just for your physical health. We're saying do it for your emotion, for the child's emotional health. Right. Again, you will have no control over this when you have teenagers. So just give yeah, it up. Yeah, just let them <laughs> reap that consequence. They experience their... That's the best learn. <laughs> it's what they're in. That, that phase for teenagers is all about them learning what their behavior caught, what, what their behavior choices cause right. so that they can learn all these lessons before they leave your home. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we always say some bibliotherapy, so reading books about going back to school. And that can be like, you know, you're preparing your elementary kids or and, and maybe your middle school kids about what this feels like to go back to school. And obviously, we don't, I don't think we have any recommendations, but if any books help you as parents on sending your kids back to school, use that as bibliotherapy for yourself too. <laughs> yeah, actually. And we were just talking about how I like the um, sleep stories for mm, kids yeah. on um, YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's free. Go on YouTube. There's sleep stories for kids that they can listen to, and that's a way to cause them to learn to breathe and relax their body while they're listening to a sleep story. Mm -hmm. Really good idea. Um, and then obviously we come from a spiritual perspective. So for them, it's really important to them for us to teach our children that they're not going through their day alone. Even when we're not there, God is present mm -hmm. and they can lean into knowing that he is present with them at all times. Right. And that they can just recognize him and say a little prayer to him throughout the day if they want and that they actually aren't feeling anxious just by themselves during the day it's it's, it's really reassuring to have that spiritual presence there so if you believe in that just make sure that you are encouraging that okay guys i we pray god gives you lots of wisdom <laughs> Yeah. As you take these kids back to school, whatever version of school you go back to, kids even doing homeschooling still react oh, to doing yeah. that. It's not like Definitely. just they're not dealing with some of the things, but mm -hmm. they're still dealing with other things. Absolutely. So uh, we pray wisdom over you and we'll see you in the next podcast. See ya. Thank you so much for listening. Any resources or links from today's episode can be found in our show notes. Original music in this episode is by Christopher Burkholder.